glad to be here because I love to talk to entrepreneurs because I, I was one. And I feel like I still am because I try to help entrepreneurs uh, who are starting business. Because I know the struggle that I went through when I tried to join, and that was in 1980. I had just completed the chairman of candidate support for the Texas Medical Association. Uh, the first time they had a woman on their uh, their, their uh, head board, and the first one that without a medical degree. And but the reason that they chose me uh, to do this is that um, they had uh, an election, and not many of the people that were elected were uh, interested in any medical issues. Uh, everyone in San Antonio that was representative was a trial attorney. And the, every time you made an appointment to meet with the trial, with the trial attorney, who was the representative, uh, we got a, a we got a, an associate. So they asked me if I would work in some campaigns, and uh, they gave me the auxiliary to work with. And, and to make a long story short, we worked in ten races and won nine. And uh, they were stunned. <laughs> I was stunned as well. But it was all a matter of. Uh, preparing, uh, getting everybody ready. The tenth one, maybe some of you remember a man uh, that Frank Tejeda, uh, he was the one, only one that won his race in, in this district. And uh, he called me the next day, June, and he said, June, I don't know what you're doing, and I don't know what we're doing wrong, but I think that we're doing something wrong for you to work this hard to get us out of here. But I want to go to Washington, and I want to uh, I don't want to go without you on my side or me on your side. So really, we won 10. And uh, then they gave me this uh, uh, invitation to serve as 10 years on the board. It was fun. It was not a paying job. Uh, it, it, I wanted to uh, I wanted to do this because I got to travel all over the United States talking to auxiliary members. And all expenses paid. And you just don't get you know that kind of a job. And so, but it would have no money. At the end of my 10 years, I thought, what am I going to do? My husband, the doctor, he's gone a lot. The kids are almost grown. I still had a 10-year-old at home. And so I thought, well, well, I would like to start a business. So I went to my husband, and I said, I want to start a business. And he said, uh, what kind of business would you want to do? And I said, well, I think I want a tour company. He said, do you know anything about tour companies? I said, well, I know San Antonio because I work with all these auxiliary members, and I you know, I had all of their names, addresses, how many children they have, how many voters they have in their family. I know a lot of income about them. So I feel as though I could have a good contact with the, the, the people who might want to tourist. And he said, um, when I'm just starting my practice and trying to build it, uh, where are you going to get the money? And I said, well, I have the money. He said, where did you get the money? And I said, well, I saved $200. Mm -hmm. He said, you think you could start a business with $200? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. I really think so. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I'm not going to tell you you can't, because you can't. But I am never going to learn how to get short. I am never going to learn how to drive a bus. I am never going to even learn how to start a bus. So the answer is no, I am not going to help you. He said, well, okay, I can accept that. Now I have a message for you. I am a registered nurse, and you are a one nurse office, because you're in surgery most of the time. And if you go to work one morning and Irene calls in sick and there are 14 patients coming in to see you at 9 o'clock and you have no nurse, don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not coming. The answer is no. I have a company to run. We shook and to this day, this company is mine and that company is his. And he has retired and he is a house husband now. <laughs> and he cooks dinner for me, and I don't think he want me to tell you this, but he does the dishes. <laughs> but he's very proud of me, he's very proud of what I've been able to do, but it was a long struggle. It was a very long struggle. So uh, I want to read something to you from the book that I wrote. I kept a journal, so it was really easy to write, to, uh, it was really easy to write this book, and it's all the things that I'm going to talk about today. But I want to read this for you before I start. As I look back in the early years, I wonder how I thought I could ever make it. There were so many close calls. There were so many people telling me to give up. I marveled that I found a way to persevere. There were days I thought if I can make it through the next two or three days and the military check arrives, I'll 
be I'll be okay. I expected setbacks, but I was determined that if I failed, I would just go back to nursing. That way I could pay off all my debts and start over. I knew success would not come overnight. I had to fight for this for the long haul, and I was totally committed. And that's what got me through. Because I was totally committed that failure was never going to be an option. But I found a way. And I tell my children, and I told my children, I get it back sometimes. There is an answer to every question, every problem that you have. And your job is to find it. If you are the leader, it's your job to find it. Now you can get help. And you and I'll, I'll tell you some instances where we where, where I got help. Uh, you think just because your year this year is good, you think next year is going to be greater. And then 911 happens. And nothing's moving. And 800 people were supposed to come to a convention. And 32 people showed up. And I had paid for these meals. I had planned everything. Everything was down the drain. I went ahead and did the convention for the 32 people. And I knew it was going to be a great loss. So I called my staff together and I said, we have a problem. We are in big trouble because we, know we have to return all the money that they had paid for the convention. And when you have 800 people, that's a lot of money. And uh, so I said, somebody has to come up with an idea. And so we're going to have this meeting. And if there is an answer to this, but we just got to find it. So everybody started thinking. And my dispatcher said, I have an idea. He said, we are allowed to move military troops. So they must be moving military troops all over the United States. Because you know that they have the president land in Dallas and all this kind of stuff. It's what we call all the uh, states around us and see if they need any military help. So each of us took a, a state and called uh, and called to see if anybody needed to help out there. Within 30 minutes, we got a call from uh, way up in El Paso. And they said, can you get six buses here in the morning? And can you get six buses here by tomorrow afternoon? And we said, we sure can. <laughs> because we had saved all these buses. We were going to move anybody. And so I, I guarantee you that there is an answer to every problem that you have. And as long as you don't give up, you'll be okay. So I want to tell you how I started my business on uh, September the 8th, 1980, in my kitchen, at the kitchen table with the family phone, the yellow pages, a big sheet pen with a pencil, and a list of all of my friends that were in the medical community. And I began to plan my company. The first thing I needed to do was I needed to uh, choose a name. And I thought, well, I'm going to call it Blue Mountain Tours because that's a state flower and that would be really nice. So I needed some stationery because I knew I couldn't send uh, uh, invoices out on notebook paper. And you know, I didn't have anything else that I could do. So I went all over town to the discount places trying to find some place that had stationery already made with blue bonnets on it. And I couldn't find it. By the end of the day, I said, OK, I've got to name it something. I'm going back to Walmart. I went back to Walmart, and I found a package of 50 pages for $1.98. I still had <laughs> And uh, it, it had daisies all the way across the top of it. So Walmart need more them. <laughs> you do what you have to do. You do what you have to do. So then I started uh, organizing what plans, what, what convention, you know, what the tours I wanted to do, and I started with like five tours because, that I could offer, and then I thought if I do that, I can also provide buses for other people who just need a bus, you know, maybe to go to Kickapoo or something like Kickapoo wasn't there then, but there were other, you know, other places that they would go. So I thought that's the way I'll start. Well, I operated there for three months, and it was going pretty well. And I called a lot of the people who were on the medical group to tell them to pass the word. And they all knew me. I've been around for 10 years. And so I, um, it was going you know, fairly well. And I was, doing, I was doing pretty good. But I was the whole show. I had to plan it. I had to order the bus. I had to get you know, uh, the tour already written out. I had to make all of the arrangements for wherever the places we were going. I had to answer the phone and take orders and do all this. It was pretty hard. So um, at, by the end of three months, uh, a lady came to me who had been worked for uh, American Airlines, and she said, I could, I'm looking for a job that I can do part-time. I can answer the phone. And I hired her because 
uh, I needed somebody at the office, and when I was doing a tour, the telephone would ring and somebody would want a bus. <laughs> it was, I was the only one, I didn't want them to know that. And I didn't want people to come to my house to sign a contract. So, uh, sometimes I would meet them at a restaurant, or I'd meet them at a hotel, or their hotel where they were staying, so that they could sign a contract, because I didn't want them to know how small I was and how poor I was. Um, I did this for three months, and then uh, I was, it was doing, I was doing pretty well. And, uh, but I had, I had plans to move ahead to get more done. So I had more uh, tours that I could do, and I worked really hard in getting out the message that I could do, uh, that I could do tours. And I decided that I needed to get in touch with companies that needed buses on a regular basis. I had to build a base. I had to have this base, and I have it to this day, that if anybody in my base goes out of business or anything like that, or I lose it, I replace it with my base. So I went to schools, I went to businesses that use buses all the time. You'd be surprised who uses buses all the time. HEB is one of my best customers. Now you wouldn't think that HEB would use buses, but they do, because they have meetings every month for different departments. One, one week it'll be frozen food, one it'll be, it will be uh, the groceries, one week it'll be the bakery, and so every week, I work for HEB and they pay on time, which is wonderful. <laughs> um, it, it took me about three years to get to the point where I thought that I could uh, get out more and, and hire someone to help me. And I hired more people in the office to help me, and I, and I started working uh, out, out in the field. It was then that I looked at my bottom line and I thought the bus company is making more, more money than I am. And I, I was kind of at a stalemate. I had all I could handle, but they were making the money. So I decided I needed to own the bus. So I thought, well, I'll go to the bank and I'll get a loan and I'll find out all the information I need about how I pay for a bus because I've been renting buses, leasing buses all the time for those three years. And um, first, so I went to my bank where I had help with my money. And I asked them, uh, I told them that I wanted buy a bus. And so they gave me all the information that I needed, how much it would cost, what the loan would be, and you know, what the payments would be, and everything else. And then the zinger came in. They said, now have your husband come and sign for this. And I said, no, no, you don't understand. It's not his company. It's mine. It's right. Well, do you have an 18-year-old son? I have two sons that are over 18. I said, the one's graduating from high school. He doesn't have a car. He doesn't have any money. He doesn't have any way, he doesn't have a job, and you're going to trust him, and I've been in business all this time, and he's going to sign for me? No way, that's, that's humiliating. And, and I walked out, and I thought, I've got to find a way, another way to buy this. So um, I had heard that there was a bus company in Dallas, it's called ABC Bus Company. My husband was going to a medical meeting there, so I said, I'm going to go, and I'm going to go to the bus company and see what it would cost for a used bus. See if I could get a good used bus for a reasonable amount. I said, okay. So I went and I met a young man named Greg Gates. Greg Gates uh, worked for ABC Bus Company and he had just started there. And he was so helpful. He showed me all the buses and, and, and he tried to teach me things about the buses that I should look for in a, in a bus that I buy. And uh, he said, what well, we don't, we do not, uh, finance any buses. You'll have to find financial help someplace else. So um, I said, well, how much do, would I need to buy a used bus? He said, about $186,000 we can do it for this particular bus you were showing. That sounds like a lot of money, $186,000. So I went back home and I thought, I, uh, I don't think that, I, unless I start saving a little bit out of every tour that I do, but it could take me years, you know, to get that money. And so I thought, I need to know more about finances. So I went out to, uh, I saw in the paper where Kelly Air Force Base had a, a sponsoring a program for women who wanted to be entrepreneurs because so many of the GIs were, us, were uh, um, you know, out of the country. And these women wanted something to do when they were thinking about starting a business. And it cost $125. $25 was a lot of money, but I needed to do this if I was going to grow. 
bus payments coming in to me instead of going to some of the bus coming. I think I said, hey, he said, I'll be down in the morning to see you. He came the next morning and he said, we have a new program that I do not know about. And it's called Lease to Buy. You lease the bus for one year, two years, five years, ten years, whatever, and you pay the lease on it, and you can pay the lease from using the bus. So you have that paid for. And at the end of the time, whether it's one year, two years, or ten years, all of the money that you have paid for the lease goes for the buy payment of the bus. You buy, you're buying the bus on the lease program. God has answered my program on financing. So I was so excited about that that I, I just hardly stand it. And uh, I went back and told the man at the bank uh, that I had uh, I had both of these opportunities now and that I was going to was going to, to plan to, to get a, 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 a bus of my own. Well, getting a bus of my own, um, I, I did it through the uh, lease plan because I wanted to save that $125,000 in case something came up that I had a problem. Because were, you know, I, I had money coming in now from the buses and I didn't really need the uh, $125,000 so it could pay off that long and I did that for almost a year. And by the end of the year, I had enough money that uh, I didn't, I did not, I could put that money back in the checking account instead of the savings account because I had the money, money to pay it. So uh, that's how I got permission to buy my first bus. So uh, when I, I talked to Craig, uh, uh, and, and he said, now you have your permit, right? The permit? What kind of permit do I need? I got the he said, well, well, the United States Department of Transportation to have a permit. And I said, where do I get it? He said, well, you, the buses come under the auspices of the railroad commission. What? The rail, railroads? No, it's in Austin, and what you need to do is you need to call or write there and ask them for an application to get a permit to own, to buy a bus. You can't buy a bus unless you show that permit. Okay, so look at it. So I called. Uh, and I asked him if they could uh, tax me a, a request for a permit, and I filled it down and it was at $25. $25 for a permit, and you know, uh, money was so, you know, every penny counted. But I can't get the bus if I don't get the permit, so I gave them a, a credit card for the permit, and uh, two days later I got a letter saying, uh, come to Austin on this day, and we will work with you to get your permit. So I thought I better take someone with me because I don't know too much about buses. I'm going to have to learn a lot about buses. And so I thought, well, I'll take my daughter. My daughter Kim was in Austin because she, her husband was going to school there and she was working there. And I called her and said, can you meet me at the railroad commission uh, on Thursday? And she said, yes, but I think you better get Franklin. Franklin was someone who drove the bus for me from Virgo Bus Company for a long time. He was getting ready to retire. And he said, if you get a bus, I want to work for you. I want to drive it. So I called him and told him what the situation was. And he said, yes, I think you better, I think you better do that. Um, he said, I think it would be better if I go and help him. Uh, take some paper and pencil so that if we can write something down, you know, we'll have it. So I took my big cheap tablet and I took a pencil. Um, and away we went and we met Kim and we got to the railroad commission and we walked in and I was stunned because there were all of other people that owned bus companies in San Antonio. I knew most of them because I had worked with the different bus companies for, for those four years. She I said, I think we're in the wrong place. And um, Kim said, well, there's a way we're going to get front. Why don't you go and ask her where we go to get, a, to get this permit? So I walked to the front and I said, I can Back to Kim and Franklin, and I said, 
we're going to have to use this tablet to write down everything these lawyers say ahead of us because I'm going to have to go up there and be a lawyer. And I, I don't know if I can do it. And so I can say, I'll take the first sentence, can you take the second, can you take the third, and we just keep doing that until we have everything down. I was scared. I was really scared. I got it all down. And we had a little rest period, and the three of us went outside, and we, we checked to make sure that everything was right. And I said, Tim, I don't think I can do this. I said, if I'm going to embarrass myself in all front of all of these drunk, all of these bus company owners, they don't like me now. And they're not going to like me at all if, if I, and they're, they're going to laugh at me when, I, when I'm told I can't get it. She said, Mom, all of our lives you have told us that there's an answer to every question, and this is the answer. So now you've got to do what you tell us to do. I couldn't go back because I used that line so many times in school and all of the points of the So I said, okay, so I practiced a little bit, and, and I'll, I'll never forget the words that I said.
about Stephanie. She knew that. I, I never asked her. I never said anything about it. Then I had to walk out of the room, and I had to walk up. Those two people who had purchased Those two people who had all kinds of business too. And I didn't really want to do that. And I thought, oh my gosh, I, I won't look at them. And I thought, no, I'm going to look at them. I'm proud of what I've done. So I walked down the hall, and they were right there. They turned their heads because they so I went off uh, out and Kim and David, uh, Kim and Frank uh, had already gone outside. And when I got outside, they were jumping up and down and laughing and, you know, hugging. And, uh, and I, I got outside and I said, I, they said, oh, my God. And she said, Mom, I was afraid that was going to test you. You were just, you were just, do you realize what you've done? And I said, yeah, I know I've got a permit. And she said, you know what, Mom? They are standing there because every one of us that had, had an attorney Anything else like that, you get 
they were there and they were talking about how they were going to reroute San Antonio and all this kind of thing. And I went in and I took my seat or my assigned seat and all of a sudden I realized that there were two bus company owners on either side of the And they were major bus company owners. Like one of them was one of them that were protesting. And I asked them if they would like to change seats with me so they could talk to each other. They said, no, no, that's fine. But they talked back and forth to each other. They could read across and say, yeah, what about the truth? And I, I really felt left out. But they made one mistake, one big mistake. At the very end of the meeting, the one on the left leaned over and he said to the one on the right, that deal's coming up. Same deal? And he said, yes. And they left it at that. And I got a few of the anger. I knew that they were talking about the bid for the military moves, troops, who had completed their basic training was coming up, was coming up, and they thought that I was not smart enough to know. <laughs> and I thought, I am going to bid on that contract. Even if I don't get it, I don't mind, I've got to learn. So I went back to my office, and uh, I, I called uh, a tour guide for me. He was a retired military man. He had graduated from West Point, and in his retirement, he did my, my uh, senior tours. And I also called a friend of mine who worked in shipping at Blackland Air Force Base. And I told him what I wanted to do. And they said, we'll be down there in a few minutes. They got on the computer. They got the application. They helped me fill it out. And the, the young lady that had that worked at, at the base, she said, Jim, all they want you to do is answer the question. Don't elaborate. Cross your keys, dot your eyes, and we'll turn this in. And we'll see how it goes. I got it. I drove out there, and uh, Franklin went with me to show me where to take to the base. You didn't have to go into the base, but just to the edge of the base. And there's a building there where you can turn it off. And so I got there, and I went in, and they said, I accepted it, and I signed for it, and I turned it in. And uh, they said, on Monday at 9.30, the winners will be on the computer, and then letters will go out the following day. <clears throat> so the, the, the next day, everybody in my office was waiting around the computer, waiting to see who, 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 got, who got it. You know. And they came in and they said, the Chiefs of Air Force Base moving we'll troops. That's been awarded to Casey Tours. The Sherbrooke Air Force Base moving tours has been awarded to Daisy Tours. The one to San Angelo has been awarded to Daisy Tours. We were ecstatic. We knew we were going to have to get a lot of buses from the other companies, but we had control of it and we could buy more buses. By that time, we had four buses, four older buses. Uh, that contract, we've had it for, out of the 21 years that we, that we did on it, we had it when you got the first one, it was for uh, two years, then it went to five years. Now it's down to one year, we have to get every year. The one time that we lost it, we didn't figure out how we lost it, uh, because nobody knew our bid or anything We found out that one of our employees was dating, uh, was dating the dispatcher of one of the bus companies. And she had given our bid. And they had called out to the base and said, we want to change our bid and lower it to one dollar lower than ours. The military did not like that, and they sent out a heated team that said, once your bid is in, you cannot change it. And <coughs> three months later, they called me and said, Mr. Bradshaw, this, this is not working out with this company, and uh, we have canceled their, uh, we are going to cancel their contract, and we would like you to continue doing it. And uh, so we, the last 21 years, we have had that contract. It's a wonderful contract, because it goes on Monday and Tuesday. They let me choose the days I want to go. And Monday and Tuesday are down days with us because they have nobody travels on Monday and Tuesday. They're working. They get on, on the weekends. Weekends are really busy, but not on Monday and Tuesday. So on Monday morning, I'll have maybe seven, uh, sometimes as many as ten buses that will go to the three bases uh, you know, every every Monday morning. We come back on Tuesday, and, and that is raising about $25,000 uh, for those two days uh, that, that, that we can really There were times that business was really hard to do because you can never expect it just because one week, one year is good, then the next one is bad. 
and so we learned that we had to plan for it. We had to, uh, we had to plan what, how much money, how many tours did we need to cover ourselves. Now, in the in the winter, we had we had no problem because we worked with our schools, and so we went after the companies that would um, would be moving from year round. And so for the last 21 years, we have had the missions. Uh, we have had the spurs. That's it. The man did not like this at all uh, because no woman should have that privilege. And they came to me and told me that. They said, no woman should be able to do this. And uh, we got the Houston Corpus Christi books. Uh, we, we've got all kinds of big companies that's in our, that's in our base, and we take good care of it. How did I do that? I tried to find a way that I could, I could compete with them. I knew I couldn't compete with them uh, on buses because so by this time I had some new buses. But I, when I started, I had older buses, and they always made a big point of it. Oh, she has old buses. You know, she, she, you don't, you don't want her buses. They're old. And so I, I tried to. Uh, to do you know the best that I could with the process that I had, but I had to call my staff together. I said, okay, we've got a, we have another big problem here. We've got to find a way we can compete with these other bus companies because they're they're very good at what they do, but I'm going to be better at something. And one of my staff said, you know what we can beat them at? <coughs> Service. We can arrive early. We can have go there and get before the bus is and assure them they're gonna, that they're going to be there. We can call the charter party, say we'll be in the morning at this point. We will make sure that that bus is sparkling clean, that there are no, uh, that it smells good, it looks good, everything works. You know, if a man has a bus, now, excuse me, this is true. If a man has, if a, man has a bus going out and finds out that the bathroom doesn't work, because a lot of kids go in there and throw things like Coke cans and stuff, and it has to be all taken apart and pulled out. They put on it out of order. We don't like that. We do not like that. And um, so, we, or if a man comes in and the seat gets broken because we had some kids from a very high end uh, high school jump from one seat to another on the backs of it, we had to stop that. It was very dangerous. But when we the seat, that bus did not go out until the seat was fixed. And so, our buses. We just that, that's, and that's how we're going to put them, it's on service. And it was pretty easy to do. And to this day, don't tell them. <laughs> but nothing goes out of our lot unless everything is working. Now, that doesn't mean that something can't go wrong, because it's mechanical, and mechanical things go wrong. And so, um, but, but that's our policy now, is that we have, uh, we have everything uh, that we want working and then going well. I want to tell you some stories of some things that we did, um, that, uh, experiences that we had while we were in the trap, while we were working. Uh, my daughter Kim is, uh, became a tour guide for me. And we had a group come in, um, uh, I believe it was about 400 teachers from all of the United States and even some South American countries. And uh, we had, they had one day where they could take a trip some trips to OMJ and some city tours, and but one that we had was to go to, to Mexico shopping. That was when you could go to Mexico shopping in this spot. And we planned it to, to the best that we could. We had tacos, we introduced them to tacos and coffee breakfast in the parking lot before we went. And uh, every tour guide brought things with her or him, because I used to him and him, and that they had bought in Mexico and that they had really liked. And they told them how we were going to get across the bridge how we were going to get in, and how we were going to get out, and how we were going to meet for lunch while we got to Mexico, and the mayor met them at the bridge, and the mariachis played, and all they thought it was wonderful, and I thought it was wonderful too. It was great planning, I thought, because they had never had that kind of experience before. And we gave each one of them a little sarabi so that they could put, uh, that our, uh, all of our uh, salespeople knew that they were with Daisy Troy. We told them they're coming, be good to them, and if you can, give them a discount, and they all said they gave you this 10% off on everything. So they, they had a wonderful day. They just had a wonderful day, and the luncheon went really well. We had a restaurant that would serve them any time of the day that they wanted to have their lunch. 
and we didn't have to worry about that. They took care of that. Um, and, and we said, okay, at 3.30, you start back across the bridge, and you go through, you know, the entrance into the, the, the United States. Does everybody have their multiple entry form? They had their multiple entry form because some of them were in South America. And um, so we have to get on the bus by because we need, we need to get back to San Antonio. We have an event at 7 o'clock tonight. Okay, the eight buses. We took eight buses. And um, at 4 o'clock, we have one lady missing. Okay, what do we do now? So, uh, Kim, my daughter, speaks Spanish. She's one of her degrees is in Spanish. And she said, let the seven buses go, and if anybody has to be there early, See if there's anybody on any of the other buses can change over. So we redid that. And she said, I'm going to go back and I'll find her and I'll bring her back as soon as I can. So, okay, so Kim went down, she got across the bridge. She wasn't on the American side, she went to the Mexican side. And they said, she's at the Mexican consulate. And um, so Kim said, okay. So she went to the Mexican consulate and there's our lady and she's crying. And they won't let her come back in. And Kim said, well, I know she's lost and she probably just didn't know where to go or what. And they said, no, the multiple entry form is outdated. From now on, we ask, look at the date. We don't say, do you have it? We say, is it any good? <laughs> because her, her, her multiple entry form is outdated. And they said, we, Kim said, well, we'll have to have, to have you renew that. And they said, well, we do that on, on Tuesdays and Fridays. I'm sorry, Tuesdays or Thursdays at 3 o'clock. This was a Friday. And they said, you come back on Tuesday. And we said, what are we going to do with this woman? She's from South America. They said, well, she could, we'll take her to the airport. She can fly home, get it renewed, come back, go across, get her luggage, and everything, and go home. I said, no, that's not acceptable. And uh, Kim said, we can't do that. And uh, well, he said, there's no option. That's your only option. And Kim said, sir, we have run to eight buses down here today and they've spent a fortune on your city. And we have no money left. We can't go to a hotel. We can't uh, we can't buy a bus ticket or anything like that. So we will wait right here. And they went over and she sat down. And they said, well you can't do that. We close and we close in ten minutes. And Kim said, I'm sorry, but we're staying right here because we, we, we can't do anything else. And they thought about it for a while and they went to the back room and had this baby and pretty soon they came back out and he said, uh, we have made the decision that we will do this once. Don't ask us to do this again because uh, this is the only time that we're ever going to do that. And Kim said, that would be fine. Now, so they took her back from her multiple entry point and they brought it back out and while they were going to get it, Kim said to the lady, stop crying. When I get this, don't look back, don't say anything to anybody, take my arm, we're going to walk down to the bridge, I'm going to get a cab, if we, don't, if we walk, they're going to ask us a whole lot of questions, but when we're in a cab, they're just going to say, are you all, you know, this, and you have your multiple entry form if they ask for it, give it to them. We'll go across the bridge, I'll rent a car, and I'll take us back to San Antonio, and you'll get back by 7, 7.30 tonight. Okay, so she put her out. So, um, they came back out, they gave her the form, and they took her arm, and they walked, did just exactly what Kim said. They got to the bridge, and they crossed the bridge, and seven buses were gone, and there was still one beautiful Daisy bus there. <laughs> <laughs> and they, uh, I came with so relieved, and, and she got, they got over to the bus, and then, uh, of course, she had all of her packages that she had bought, and it was like, you know, she had bought a lot there. And so they got on the bus, and everybody cheered, and then the lady really moved and cried. And we have a we have a, uh, a program that uh, on the way back everybody gets a microphone to tell about the favorite thing that they found in Mexico and, and you know one lady would say I got these gold earrings and oh I wanted this for so long this is so beautiful another lady would say I got a, a, this hand park salad bowl and it's big enough for the whole family and it got to this lady and she said I got killed and she started crying <laughs> and she said I am so happy to have killed. She saved my life. Didn't exactly save your life, but we saved you a lot of trouble. 
Well, it went all through the convention. The next day, Kim would walk by and, and somebody would say, here's Kim. Oh, this is Kim. Kim, this is Kim. Kim saved so and so and so and so. But uh, that made our convention. And when they thanked us for everything they did, they forgot to ask, thank us for thank for organizing the whole convention. They thanked us for Kim. We <laughs> <laughs> were very happy about that. Uh, I want to tell you one that I don't usually, uh, one story I don't usually use. Um, but um, I think it needs to be said. Uh, and that is about sexual harassment. Um, it's big right now. It, 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 it is being scrutinized to see if he's participating in sexual harassment. Let me tell you, it's not always the men. And it can be the women that cause the sexual harassment. And that's what happened in the I had uh, hired a lady whose husband worked at another bus company. And they needed help because they had two children. And she could only work at night because he worked during the day. And uh, so she came to me and asked me for a job. And I said, well, I can give you, the only thing that I know is picking up troops and taking them to Lambda. And then that's it. That would be at 2 o'clock in the morning. At 6 o'clock in the morning, you pick them up. And you take them to Port Sam where they are processed to see where they're going to stay and where they're going to be. And then somebody later on takes the ones that don't make it down to that point. And I said, it pays $400 because it's only like two hours a lot of work. Do you think you could do that? She said, yes, I can. No, I can't. That's what you need to do. So um, her husband said, I will, go through, I will go with her three times for a few days to make sure that she understands how to do this. And, um, to make sure that she knows how to be safe and where to park, which she did. Well, she started working for me, and pretty soon she was doing some things that were late afternoon and her husband got off like four to seven or something like that. She was She had no, no problems with the rest of And uh, the driver's coming to me and saying, I don't want to go out with Shirley. Don't put me in the and I thought it was this woman thing again, you know, women don't know how to drive and all that stuff. And I, I said, well, you know, we can't do that. We, we have to be there to her. And then one of my drivers, we've been with him for a very long time, called me at home when I got there. He said, Jim, I have, I have labored over this for a long time, as you have to tell you, but we have a problem. We have a problem with sexual
said, I have been accused of allowing sexual harassment on my And uh, the first thing I did is I kept an attorney on retainer. If I needed one, I didn't pay a full time. But I called him and he said, Jim, I think what we better do is get a meeting with my entire staff to find out what we should do. Um, I said, okay, I'll do that. But meanwhile, I, she came and I called her and I have a large desk. I had bought it secondhand. <laughs> Everything was secondhand. And she took her hand and she went to computers and By that time I had computers. My kids made me go speaking screaming into the 21st century. Computers, but I thought my cheap, big cheap tablet pencil was just as good. But they said no and I should have right. She took computers and everything went off and went to the office and left. And she went directly to Thank you. 
stone or shock her. She can say everything. She knows what went on because you wrote it down. And I want all I want all she wants from you today is for you to tell the truth like it was, exactly like it was. That's and you owe that to her because you can participate. Some of you have participated. And so they did. Some of them never changed their lives. As they went out of the room and they dismissed what came over and they said, I'm so proud of you. show up and said, my wife can't really go about this. I said, it's not going to happen before. Nobody needs to know anything about this. It's just private. Another one came up to me and said, if there's anything I can do to make it right, I will. And I said, I know. I said, you are the faithful boys, and I understand that a woman can be a sexual harasser as well as a man. That doesn't seem to go in the United States, because they only see men guilty. And uh, I would like to tell them, I don't think they listen to me, but I'd like to tell them, um, we have a policy that you can't come to work and see through blouses and, and skirts that are up that don't cover the bottom and high heel shoes, you know, in a greasy pit of a garage. You have to dress appropriately in this kind of thing. So after he had heard everything that was needed to be said and all these questions were answered, um, he dismissed it. And uh, he said, oh, I can't tell you anything right now, Mrs. Roger, but I will let you know in the next few days what's going on. Am I on? Okay, I'll do it. Oh, I had so much more I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, the, the, the next 10 days were misery for me. Because I didn't know whether I was going to lose my company. And I thought if I lose my company, what happens to she gets it? She would get it. And it was entirely her fault. Um, on, the, on, the, on the ninth day, he called. He said, I'll be there tomorrow. I'll be there at 10 o'clock. I called my attorney. He said, I'm on my way. He got there, and the man came in at 10 o'clock. I put my, all of my staff, I told my staff, put the phones on answer service. I'll be going to my office and wait because there were tears. You know, their job was at stake and everything else was, and it was really serious stuff. And, um, came in and he opened up his briefcase and I wanted him to be guilty or not guilty. He didn't take me down for a very low self. And he said, we have, uh, all, it was unanimous. I don't know if that's good or bad, but it was unanimous by everybody on the board. That since she had a school, and she was attended the school, and since she had her son a paper that said you, didn't, you had zero tolerance, we have found you not guilty. I began to cry about the time. I couldn't help but I could cry now because it was so, so, it was so traumatic. And my attorney pulled out the penis. He said, I knew we'd need this winter lease. So, <laughs> so I had to walk the gentleman to the door and he, he, he thanked me for being so thorough and getting everything ready for me. Then I ran to the office and I didn't make the way. I threw open the door and I yelled, I'm guilty. And then we got a cheer. It was very traumatic. It was very traumatic. Then we spent the next three days putting everything back away. But I want to warn you that if you have a, if you have a company and you do not have a sexual harassment policy, you need to. You need to have it. And you need to have everyone that you hire to sign an individual paper and you make a copy of it and put it in a, in a safe, a safe place. They get a copy, you get a copy, and then you have sexual harassment classes. Because it's gone all over. It's, it's sometimes, is very seldom women because women don't get charged with it, but men do. I was just astounded in New York, in Washington, when this girl testified that when I went to this man's apartment the first time, he laid his hand on my leg, and when I went the second time, he got more complaint. Why'd she go the second time? You know, um, I'm very not, I'm not very sympathetic with them. Sorry, women, because I have great drivers, great and great staff, and great employees. Uh, I had other things I wanted to tell you. Uh, I want to tell you I got a military contract. Uh, I want to tell you about um, the employee that stole money from me and this kind of thing. But maybe some other time. Okay? <laughs> what I want to tell you is if you want to start a company, go for it. Go for it with all your might and don't ever plan to stop. Today I have with my coaches. I have a, 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 a 
Corpus Christi where we do a lot of business. Uh, I have uh, plans to, I have, a, I've done all the men's final course, all the women's final course. Yeah, they need to they need them in that sense. And they say to me, Jane, how do you do that? Well, that's a man's job. That's not a woman's job to do the final four. And I got the Alamo Bowl. And I got, I, you know what, I'm real quick. I got the Alamo Bowl. <laughs> we were running out of the Alamo Bowl. And it was going to go uh, to, to the, the lowest bid. I bid it only high enough to pay for some of the expenses. And I won. I won the Alamo, the first Alamo Bowl. Well, they didn't read the contract because in the contract it said, Whoever wins the first one will have the right of refusal from then on. So every year they call me and they say, Jim, are you going to refuse it this year? No. <laughs> I have 21 footballs from the final, from the album. <laughs> My husband is very, he's very proud of me now. He wants to buy stock. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm the, I told him I'm the breadwinner now. But, um, I want to see time for you to ask questions if you have any questions, if anyone has any questions. I would love to come back sometime and, and tell you more about, about being an entrepreneur. Uh, by the way, the men appreciate me now. They respect me. They said I've earned it and they actually apologized for, for mistreating me and they didn't mistreat me. They made it tough every day, every day to the things that I wanted to do. But um, I'm still here. I'm 86 years old. I go to work every day, um, five days a week, eight to four, and I work half a day on Saturday. My husband is a house husband, and, uh, he and he takes care of the house, <laughs> and he is glad to do it, and he's glad to do it, because he said, if they wanted to go to the moon, they should have told me in the first place. And I said, well, I love a challenge. And I think the reason I love a challenge is because I'm a middle child. I was never old enough to be boss. And I was never young enough to get the cookie because the baby was. So that left me, and I had to prove myself. So if you're a middle child, you have a better chance. <laughs> I'll take any questions anybody has.